my hope for each of us today really is to experience God's peace, his love, and his joy. Um, there are a lot of things that we still need to do. How many of y'all still have pies we need to put in the oven, still have dinner that we need to cook? Um, all that is important. It goes into what makes Christmas special, but I really, really, really want to encourage you to hear God's voice the next few minutes. Peace only comes, just cutting to the chase, peace only comes through Jesus. Peace doesn't come through your kids getting enough gifts, doesn't come from, you know, uh, eating the right type of food, making sure the pies come out right, it doesn't come from any of those things. Peace only comes through Jesus. And I really believe that God wants to speak to us today. Even before we get into uh, meeting with the family, and I made a joke about that, but how many of y'all know meeting with family can be very hard during the holidays? I think that's why it was important for us to get our spiritual family together. Now, 2020 has really worn down everybody, and I think this is one of the reasons this is on my heart, because I think a lot of us haven't caught a break. How many of y'all are thinking, man, I was just waiting for one week or one month to catch a break from what ha- what's been going on all this year? Um, I mean, the latest thing, we're only getting $600, right? Isn't that from the government? That's kind of, how many of y'all are like, man, what, a, what kind of present is that? It's a joke, guys. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's supposed to be funny. How many of y'all have been seeing those memes on Facebook? I've seen a lot of them. They're all really funny to me. Um, 2020 has been very stressful. And I, I think if we're not careful, we cannot um, enter into the peace that God wants us to receive during the Christmas season. What is Christmas about? Christmas is about um, remembering what God gave us. The reason we give gifts to other people, I know there's a tradition that St. Nick brought gifts, and I'm sure that's probably true, but Jesus, God the Father, gave Jesus to us as the gift that we needed to have, not just eternal life, but peace and joy. As I was thinking about this morning, I thought about the story of Mary and Martha. I, keep, I feel like I've been coming back to this story all year. There was a story in the Bible about a couple of ladies, sisters named Mary and Martha, and Jesus came to Martha's house, Mary lived with her, came to their house, and it's a story of two ladies, Martha was busy getting the house prepared, um, maybe, it was a, maybe, maybe she was just getting it prepared because uh, she had a very distinguished guest coming into her house, but maybe it was a holiday I know it could have been a Christmas because, well, they, they didn't know who Jesus truly, truly was at this point. But maybe it was like a Christmas holiday and they were getting things together the way that many of us are getting things together. And she was busy working, but her sister instead was at Jesus' feet, sitting with him, listening to his words, receiving uh, the comfort that comes from sitting at Jesus' feet. Something that I want us to do today. And so Martha sees Mary doing this and she says... To, she imagined the boldness and even the audacity to come up to Jesus and, and she tells Jesus, Jesus, what is Mary doing? She should be in the kitchen with me getting the food prepared, getting these preparations together so that we can enjoy the evening. And, but I want you to look at, the, look at the screens. This is what Jesus responds to her. Luke ten forty one says this, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. He says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. I don't know about you, but I have found myself in Martha's shoes many times this year. 
anxious and troubled about many things. I just want to ask you this afternoon, who are you in this story? Has the Christmas season made you anxious and maybe troubled you a little bit? Has 2020 made you anxious and troubled a little bit, a lot of it? Jesus said, Martha, you're worried about all these things, but one thing is necessary. And and I love this promise. He says, it will not be taken away from your sister. Not only is all the things in Mary's life going to be taken care of, but she's also going to have the, uh, the privilege of sitting at my feet where there is abundance of peace and abundance of joy. So I really believe that today that God wants to remind you that there is indeed a lot of things to be anxious and troubled about. Okay, th- having peace doesn't mean all your problems go away. It doesn't mean that all the bills are paid for on time. It doesn't mean that you don't have this thing coming up. It simply means that you've accepted the presence of the one who owns peace and joy into your life. Let me tell you, it's much easier said than done. But I really believe that if we can accept this gift that our Father has given us, Jesus, we will have a Christmas Forget, it doesn't matter what's happened in 2020. We'll have a Christmas like we've never had before. So I want us to do this. I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going to continue reading another story, but I want you just for a moment to close your eyes. And we're just going to invite Jesus into this moment. Father, we thank you that you are close and you are near. You are close and you are near. Jesus, you are Emmanuel, which means God with us. You're with us. So Jesus, we just invite you into this room. Those that are watching, we just invite you into our cars, into our homes. Jesus, would you make your presence known today? Help us not to leave out today carrying the same burdens, worrying about the same things, wondering how things are going to come together the next few days, how we're going to finish out the rest of the year strong. Father, I pray that we would leave knowing that you are with us. You are inside of us. You have given us access to fullness of joy and complete peace. I want you just to repeat this. Keep your eyes closed. Just repeat this after me me to say, Jesus, I receive you in my life. Jesus, I receive you in my life. Would you fill my life with your peace? Just in your own words, Jesus, would you fill me with your peace? Fill me with your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How many of you all feel better already? Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus died for so much more than getting us to heaven. I love saying this. This is kind of like, It's just something I I love to go to. There is no better life than living for Jesus. There's no better life than surrendering every problem, every issue you have to him. We are powerless in our own, and when we try to do things our way, we are powerless. But when we surrender everything to him, that's when we experience real joy, real peace. And we see things just, just naturally happen because we're surrendering them to him. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke 1 real quick. I want to read part of a Christmas story, a part of the Christmas story. It's actually the very beginning of the Christmas story. Um, but I think there's something that we can learn that will help us when we find ourselves in difficult seasons. As I, and as I mentioned, 2020 has been a tough year for a lot of people. I will say for Kingdom Church, it has been a year where we have grown 
uh, in every way. And so it's been a great year uh, personally for me and for, for those of us who are part of Kingdom, but maybe in your personal lives when it comes to your work, uh, uh, maybe being laid off or giving you fewer hours, taking hours away or um, maybe some, I know there are several people who have been affected by the COVID virus. And so it's been a tough year. I think there's something we can learn in this Christmas story that will help us when we find ourselves in other difficult seasons. This is a story in Luke 1 about two people, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Zachariah. Now, Zachariah was a cousin of Mary. She was actually related to Martha, Zachariah's wife, but they're, they're still cousins by, by marriage. And it's a story where the uh, angel Gabriel spoke to each of them about two very important miraculous conceptions that were about to take place. It was the conception, of course, of Jesus uh, to Mary and the conception of uh, John the Baptist to Zechariah and Martha. We're going to see how each of them responded to this news from the angel. And they were basically given the same news. That they, were, that they both were going to have children miraculously. We're going to look at that. We're going to read a little bit, so I want you just to follow along. If you have your Bible, please follow along in your Bible. It's really important um, to me, but I think it, it's important to you that you know where things are in the Bible. So Luke 1, starting with verse 5, it says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. That means they were very old. They were past the season for having children. Verse 8, now while Zechariah was serving as a priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, um, and verse 10, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense, And there appeared to him, Zechariah, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. So imagine you're Zechariah, you're part of the priesthood, you're part of this group of people that have the privilege of going into the temple to offer these sacrifices and incense to the Lord. And as you're on duty, you see this being, this uh, bright, heavenly being appear to you. What's your first reaction? You're, you're freaking out, right? How many of y'all have walked around in a church uh, uh, in the middle or at night or when it's dark? You're expecting to see something. I don't know about you. It doesn't matter how long, how righteous you are. Or you are like, man, Lord, I don't want to see no angels, no demons. I don't want to see nothing. I just want to get through this hallway. And especially when you're walking down these hallways, man, it's, you, it's, it can be a little nerve-wracking. So we, we can understand. He was, he was nervous. He was afraid. Look what the angel said to him in verse 13. But the angel said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness. Look at Jesus always brings joy and gladness and peace. And many will rejoice at his birth. Why? For he will be great before the Lord. And it goes on to give him instructions about what John's supposed to do. He must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he goes on to say that he's going to be a powerful instrument uh, 
declaring that the Messiah has finally come. Because for hundreds and thousands of years, the, the nation of Israel had believed that a Messiah, a Messiah was prophesied to them. And they were looking forward to the Messiah coming. John the Baptist was sent to proclaim that finally their Messiah had come. So he goes on to give uh, instructions about what John is supposed to do and about what Jesus' ministry is supposed to be about. So we see in verse 13, uh, uh, Gabriel tells Zechariah, do not be afraid, your prayer has been heard. Before we keep going, I want you to think about something. He says, your prayer has been heard. Remember, they're old. Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were old. I'm, I'm just throwing this number out there, but they were probably in their 50s, 60s, maybe even later in their 70s, and God tells them, hey, you're going to have a son. Now, I'm sure they were shocked. When do you think, right, any, anybody that age, how many of y'all would be shocked even at a younger age? No, no way. Um, how is this possible? So I want you to think about this. When do you think they started praying for a child, though? Do you think they had just started praying that year? Do you think they would start praying maybe five years before that? It would probably have been 10, 20, 30, maybe even 40 years before this they had been praying. To me, this is very encouraging. Gabriel says this, do not be afraid. Why? Because your prayer has been heard. Have you been praying for, praying for something that God hasn't answered yet? I want to encourage you today that God has heard your prayer. And when the time is right, he will answer. And this is just a fact, but many unanswered prayers, many prayers that have not been answered but later on are answered, many prayers that have been delayed in being answered usually bring God the most glory. So if you're waiting for God to move in your life or answer one of your petitions, I want to encourage you, God has something big in store for you because um, God usually does his best work for those who wait. I really, really believe that. So Gabriel tells Zechariah they're going to have a child, but I want you to look at Zechariah's response. Look at verse 18. It says, And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? Okay, this is, I know you're an angel. Obviously, I was by myself, and all of a sudden, here's this being. But how am I supposed to know this? Like, I'm old. My wife is old. It, it physically doesn't make any sense. If I'm an old man, my wife is advanced in years. To me, if I had been him, I would have been, I, of course, if I would have been him and I would have been old, I would have been surprised. But how many of y'all, if you saw an angel and you knew it was an angel and he said something to you, even something that was kind of crazy, how many of y'all would probably believe what he's saying? If you saw an angel, if you saw a literal angel or saw a, a, a miraculous manifestation, I don't know about you, but I would be, I would be um, probably prone to believing what he's, what he's trying to tell me. But it's amazing to me that after living for the Lord for such a long time, that there are times when God moves mountains in my life, and, I've, and I have, see him in front of me, there are times when I don't believe. Zechariah wasn't a, a baby Christian. The, in, in verse 6, it says they were both righteous before God. They were blameless. I think it's, I love seeing, uh, seeing Zechariah's humanity because it gives me hope. It gives me hope that even though I might disbelieve in certain situations that God knows that I'm weak and he still is given, he will still give and fulfill promises to me. Because Zachariah didn't believe, I want you to look at Gabriel's response. Verse 19, the angel answered him. He said, 
He, so Zachariah says, how am I supposed to know this, Gabriel? I know you're an angel, but how am I supposed to know this? Look at his response. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I love that. He says, hey, I, I live in God's presence. God told me with his mouth, and I have been sent to tell you. But because you didn't believe, this is what's going to happen. Behold, you will be silent, verse 20, and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Because Zechariah didn't believe the message that was sent to him, the Bible says he became mute. This is one consequence when we don't believe. When we don't believe the things that God has promised us, whether it's in prayer, whether it's out of the Bible, whether it's whatever, one of the things that, or the consequences is we will, that we will not understand the things that God has given us the opportunity to understand. Do you know when God, that when God speaks to you, when God does something, when he wants to do something in your life, he gives you the faith to believe it and to see it and to understand it? Now, you may not know how all the details are going to play out, but God has given us the ability to have faith to believe it. Zechariah, though, did not not receive it, did not understand it, could not comprehend it because he didn't have faith. This is a really important principle in the believer's life. Understanding only comes with believing. Doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're, you're, you're brand new, you're brand new Christian, or whether you've been living for the Lord a long time. Some things in your life you will only understand when you believe it by faith. This is why it's so important to walk by faith. The, his wife Elizabeth ends up conceiving. I'm going to skip a few verses. His wife ends up conceiving, and I want to pick up in verse 26 and then look at Martha. So we looked at Zachariah, uh, Mary. Sorry, We're gonna, we just looked at Zachariah and Martha, and I want to pick up with with Mary. Look at verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, here we go, Gabriel again, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and her name was Mary. And he came and said, let's see if you'll listen to what I have to say, because your cousin was, didn't really listen. I'm going to see if you're going to really believe what I'm telling you. <laughs> he didn't say that, but I'm sure he thought it. He said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern What sort of greeting this might be? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. He tells her the same thing that he told Zechariah. Don't be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? So we see another situation where a promise is given to a person that logically doesn't make any sense. The first promise was given to a very old couple that she had been, not only had she been barren since she was young, but they're already past the season of bearing children. So they were given this promise, you're going to have children. The promise was then given, another promise was given to Mary to a virgin saying, hey, you are going to, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be the child of the Most High God. How many of you, again, would have the same response? How, Lord? If anybody got pregnant, has been, if anyone has gotten pregnant and, and ever said, hey, I don't know, I just got pregnant, what are you, you're just going to look at him, right? Like, okay, um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. 
Come, come forward, we're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. <laughs> Another question was asked. See, they're, simil- they're in similar situations. Zachariah asked a question, how is this supposed to be? Uh, Mary also asked this question, how is this supposed to be? This, I, I, I don't understand. I want you to look at Gabriel's response, though. He had a different response to Mary than he had to Zachariah. In verse 35, he says this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son and is in the sixth month. Verse 37, listen to this. For nothing will be impossible with God. This is a promise that somebody needs to receive today. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, look, look at her response. She said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Why did Gabriel answer differently to Mary than he did to Zachariah? I really believe this because Zachariah asked a question with doubts. How's this supposed to happen? Gabriel, you're crazy. I don't care that you stand in God's presence. I'm old. My wife's old. We couldn't have kids when we were younger, when, we, when it was physically possible for us, and now we can't. How's this going to happen? Mary also had a question, but I think she answered this way. God, I don't understand. But we know that she had faith to believe because, the, because of the last verse. She said, behold, she, I, I'm going to paraphrase it. She said, you know what? I, Gabriel, I don't understand how this is going to happen, but you know what? I'm your servant. I belong to the Lord. If it's going to happen, I'm going to trust that it's going to happen. Let it be to me according to your word. I'm going to trust your word. They both asked the same question, but they asked it differently. I want you to consider something. They both asked the same question, and I think they were both in a certain way um, justified in asking their question. In the history, in Israel's history and in the history of the world, there had never been an immaculate conception, and there never will be again. There's never going to be another person that is impregnated by the Holy Spirit the way Mary was. And so, in my mind, Mary was right to ask this question. But I want you to think about Zechariah's case. A child was promised to him and to his wife, a couple that was old. I want you just, as you're, as you're listening, is there another story in Israel's history where a child was promised to a couple in their old age? If you were a Jewish person, if you were raised knowing the, the Torah and the Mosaic law, Zachariah should instantly thought of one person, one couple. Who was it? Abraham and Sarah. You see, Abraham was 100 years old when he, was, that when he had his child, and Sarah was 90 years old. And Zechariah was part of the priesthood. He should have instantly thought of this story. So it, do, it makes me believe that it's not that he didn't know the story. It is, it, it's not that he didn't think of this story. I really believe this. He did not believe that God could do for him what he had done for someone else. He did not have faith. Zachariah didn't think God could do for him what he had done for others. This is the difference between faith and doubt, faith and unbelief. Because Mary had faith, she was able to enjoy this process of being pregnant with the Son of God. 
But Zechariah, because he didn't have faith, he was handicapped for nine months. This is really, really important to hear today. Because he doubted, he was handicapped. I want to ask you this year, how have you approached 2020? Have you been walking in faith or have you been walking in doubt? I guarantee every person in here who has not walked in faith but has doubted, been fearful, wondered how things, are gonna, uh, how things were going to play out in your personal lives, in one way or another, you have been handicapped. You have struggled through this year. But if you would just walk in faith and believe God's promises, this year has been tough, specifically financially. It's been tough for a lot of people. But when the word of God says that God will never leave you or forsake you, or when he says, and all things work together for, those, work together for good to those who know God, or when it says, and my God will supply every need that you have according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. What is your response to that? Have you said, I believe, I believe that those verses are for me. I'm going to walk in faith and see God move. Or were you like Zechariah and said, I'm not sure that God can do for me what he's done for the person next to me. What's your response been? The awesome thing about this story is that although they took different roads, even, although they had different responses and one was handicapped and one wasn't, they both ended up praising God. If you read the rest of the chapter, uh, Mary uh, gives what, what scholars call Mary's Magnificat. And it's, this, it's this, basically this long song, this several verse song of praise to the Lord. And Zechariah, whenever John was born, the Bible says that his mouth was open and he gave praise to God. Although they took different roads, they both ended up glorifying God. And I just want to encourage you today, how many of you want to change your doubt to belief, so that you can open up your mouth and give glory to God. My heart for this, for, this after, for this afternoon really is for us to enter into a time of peace. But I don't want it just to stay this afternoon. I want us to take it out of, the, out of, out of this building, out of this service, into our homes, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and into the new year. We do not have to walk in doubt anymore. It doesn't matter if, if we have a repeat of 2020 and 2021. How many of y'all want that? The same year that we had this year, next year. None of us do. But you know what? It doesn't matter what happens in 2021. When, you, when, you li- when you're living for the Lord, you live in his economy. Kingdom Church is a perfect example of that. Bus- businesses, have, small businesses and, and churches have been, have been suffering and closing left and right. I, I went to a um, I went to this event a couple months ago, and I, I met this guy who was my age. They started a church about three years ago, and when COVID hit, it shut down their doors for good. Kingdom, on the other hand, has literally been going the other way. Not only have we been able to have ever, all of our needs provided for, but we have been we have given away literally thousands and thousands of dollars this year to different people in need. When you live in God's economy. When you live in faith, it does not matter what happens to you. This is the gift that the Father wants to give each of you, but you can only get it when you walk in faith and receive it. If we continue to walk in doubt, continue to walk in unbelief the way Zechariah did or the way that many other people in the Bible did, 
we'll never see these things that God has for us. The good news is, is that all of us, if we choose to, can receive that gift today. Can you just stand for a moment? And as you're standing, can you close your eyes? Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for this Christmas Eve service. I thank you for my family who are here. Jesus, you are alive, you're alive, you're alive. You're more real than my voice. You're more real than the person standing next to us. You're more real than anything that we can see. Jesus, we need you. We need you. Father, forgive us for walking in doubt. I know this is kind of a convicting word, but if that's you, if you've been walking in doubt this year, I want you, and if you want to repent of that, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. Would you say, dear Jesus, I need you. Would you please forgive me for walking in doubt? for not trusting you, for not walking in faith, for not believing that every promise you've made to me is for me. It will happen. Please forgive me. We're just gonna, we're just gonna confess Jesus as Lord and confess him as Savior. If you wanna pray that, I know many of us have prayed this, but I know there are inevitably some people in here or watching in line that have never given your life to Jesus. If you want to enter into this rest that I've been speaking about, where there is fullness of joy, fullness of peace, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. Would you say, dear Jesus, today, Christmas Eve, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life. If you're praying that prayer and you, and you mean it, I want you just to raise both hands. This is a sign of surrendering to the Lord. Just say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Please forgive me for walking my own way. I need you. I need you. Just in your own words, I want you to tell him I need you. I want you, to, I want you to specifically mention the ways that you need him. God, I need you in my finances. Jesus, I need you in my family. God, I need you in my thoughts. I've been depressed. I've been anxious. I need you to take control. Have your way. Whatever you want to do in my life, I give you permission. I give you permission. Father, we thank you. We're going to pray this. If you want to invite the Holy Spirit, keep your hands raised. If you want to invite the power of the Holy Spirit into your life, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Would you say, dear Jesus, 
Would you please fill me, baptize me with your Holy Spirit today with your power in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want you to, this is really important. Keep your hands raised. I want you to thank the Lord for what he's done today. If you're feeling different, if you feel a change, if, if you're, even if you're not feeling anything, those words that you've spoken in faith, I want you to thank him. Father, thank you for hearing me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for filling me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a new heart, for giving me a new outlook on life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Just keep your eyes closed for just a moment. I want you just to, if you're thanking him, continue to thank him. If you're, if you're, if you're still, I want you just to be still. so good to us. You're feeling a peace that you didn't feel when you walked in. I want to see your hand. I want, I want this to be a testimony to me and to those around. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful that we're here. We're dressed up. We have Christmas trees. We have cookies afterwards. About to light a candle. But more importantly than that, Jesus is here. He is here. He wants to change your world. All that requires is you turn your heart away from doing things your way, thinking about things your own way, and turning to Him. Father, we just thank you for today. We ask that you would just continue to dwell with us this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't God good? We're going to go into our candlelight portion of the service. Does everyone have a candle? The Bible says that Jesus is a light of the world. takes one little light to light up a whole room and this is what Jesus did before Jesus came into the world it was full of darkness we had no hope we had no hope and even today those who don't know Jesus have no hope they're miserable here on earth and then they 
find, if they don't turn their life to Jesus, to find themselves in a worse place later on. When Jesus came, he came up to light, he came to light up the world and bring hope to a place that is lonely, that has no joy, no peace. That's what he came to do.